Storm Bowling Products, the bowler's company, presents the Collegiate Spotlight with Coach K. Storm's technical director, Steve Klimkin, also known as Coach K, and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce you to a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Well, Steve, you know what? It's time we, we do a Collegiate Spotlight podcast. We Got together, actually. We were up in Vegas watching the best women in the world bowling at the PWBA event. And first off, I, I, well, the one thing that really struck me, Steve, is you go up there and you watch and you just see all the talented collegiate players. A lot of them we've chatted with. Some of them we haven't. But what were your thoughts when you were up there watching the bowlers and just uh, see, taking in all the action? Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, it was uh, it was a real eye opener for me. I mean, there is a lot of uh, a lot of younger talent out there that I haven't really just been haven't been around uh, the last couple of years. Um, and and I tell you what, seeing some of these girls that have come out of college, um, there's a the rev rates are high, uh, the fitness levels are high. Um, there's a lot of um, I would say a lot of talent in general. And it was uh, it was really cool to be there and experience it in person. You know, and I'm kind of a I'm a bit of a junkie as far as the live streaming experience goes, you know, and 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 follow all of the uh, PBA and all the PWBA stuff that I can follow and Bowl TV and and everything. And uh, and until you're really there in person, I mean, you get a, a bit of a taste of it, you know, when you're watching it um, on your computer, on your mobile device, or whatever. But to see it in person, it, it definitely brings a kind of reminds you of how talented and and how good uh, so many of these women bowlers are. Well, yeah, so I thought then, uh, you know, with uh, the great lead in that we would begin with one of the uh, folks out there on the PWBA. This is her second year bowling. You know, I caught up uh, last year and doing some watching, and, and uh, her name is Heather DiArico. Is that correct, Heather? Did I get it, cor- <laughs> did I get it correct? <laughs> it's DiArico. DiArico. So I did get it correct, and that's yep. perfect. Well, so we thought we'd bring you on because you went to Central Missouri where you helped coach the women's bowling team there, and you're yourself out now uh, bowling as well well on the PWBA tour. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me. Well, Heather, I thought we'd begin. Why don't you talk about kind of your journey and your process to where you are right now with bowling on the PWBA tour? Oh my goodness, where to begin? Um, yeah, I took a little time off when I was studying my master's degree in coaching. You know, life got a little crazy. But once I found out about the women's tour, I decided to get back into it, and last year I decided to do the entire tour and just dive in and do all the stops, you know, no matter what happened, good or bad, just kind of grind through it and get that experience under my belt, and I'm really glad I did. Um, You know, I didn't bowl very well the entire season. Um, It was so, so tough mentally, but I really got to see just how much it takes to compete against the best women in the country, and it's tough. There's there are a lot of great women bowlers, and each week you can see so many great bowlers that don't even make the cut, and it's just an eye-opener, and I'm so glad that women's bowling is back, and I think it's really headed in the right direction with, as Steve said, all the women that are, um, you know, they're power players now. Unlike, you know, never used to be this way where you had women with such high rev rates and high ball speeds, and they're so fit, and you know, it's hard to just keep up. You've got to work harder than you ever would have imagined. So that's what I did after the tour last year. I just um, decided to practice a lot more. I got involved in more tournaments and more um, sport shot leagues. So I was under that competition mode a little bit more. Um, I cranked up my fitness, which I've always done, but, you know, just 
changed a few things up in my own routine to try to help my personal game. So went down to Kegel a few times. So I'm doing everything I can to try to keep up this year on tour and hopefully do a little bit better than last season. Let's let's talk a little bit more. You were you're talking about the fitness, and I know you're a founder there at BullFit.com, and you can tell us about that here in a little bit. But um, before that, uh, you know, I've coached a little bit internationally, and I've noticed a lot of the teams overseas um, they spend a lot of time in the gym, and I think for the longest mm-hmm. time on the PBA tour and even maybe the uh, original PWBA tour, there wasn't really a lot of focus given to uh, to fitness and physical fitness as far as. Uh, you know, outside of the Amleto Monticelli's, there really were not a lot of people that were kind of focused on that. So what, you know, as far as when you're looking at fitness and bowling, one, how important is it? Two, is it different to be fit for bowling than other sports? Is it is it important to train specifically for bowling, in your opinion? Sure. Um, well, I think the fitness component has become so much more important nowadays because our tournament days are a lot longer. Like, we don't have as many consecutive days, but when we do have a day, I mean, it's 12 games in one day, and we jam so much in a very short time. So your body's under all this stress with all this repetitive motion. And two, because um, so many more players are becoming power players now. Like, the, the physical side of the game, I think, has changed a lot. And not everyone will become a power player. Not everyone has to, but I think so many more are that their body sees even more stress, just the way that they're getting to align and um, creating this momentum with their swing and their rev rates and the leverage point and everything. So I think it's become more important. People have seen that in order to be that type of player, you have to have a certain level of fitness and athleticism. Um, As far as training specifically for bowling, I think we have to do a lot of things that other athletes do. Um, I don't think people realize that, like, um, when I begin to program for a bowler, a lot of the fundamentals that I would give another athlete are the same for a bowler. The difference is where our injuries occur. So because bowling is such a repetitive motion um, and we tend to get certain injuries very frequently, I throw a lot of extra injury prevention stuff in. You know, knee stability, obviously, super important Um shoulder mobility and just keeping that shoulder healthy so you don't have injuries there, Um, throwing a little extra stuff for wrist strength and mobility as well. Um, So there's just certain things that we have to focus on in order to not get injured with all this repetitive bowling that we're doing. So you mentioned the uh, longevity of the PWBA event. So let's break that down then. Mm -hmm. What's someone who maybe who isn't in the greatest of bowling shape, what are they going to notice? What are they going to do that someone who trains and who is physically fit for bowling is not going to do? And that can even be whether it's, you know, a PWBA event or any event that you're bowling where someone's, is it just you're going to be, you know, you tell me what are are we going to notice that we're not in as good a bowling shape as we need to be? Oh, man, after that 12-game block on of qualifying, you're going to feel exhausted, and you're probably going to feel very, very sore um, in certain places, your hip, your knee, your back, certain spots, wherever you carry your stress the most. Um, you're going to feel it after that 12-game block. And I'm in pretty good shape, I think, and I even feel it after some days. I'm just like, man, you know, like I, you know, it's not like you just ran a marathon, but you can definitely feel it after that 12 games. So um, I think for someone that's not staying on top of their health and fitness, you know, that second block is going to be really, really tough for them to kind of 
grind out games, keep their legs under them, and repeat shots, I think it's going to get tougher. So will that mean, I guess... And then, a- not to mention the next day, but they have to bowl if they, if they qualify. So does that mean, I guess, from our bowling side, then, does that mean maybe our feet are going to get fast or we're going to get slow or we're going to lose speed on the ball, which then means the ball, you know, uh, you know, the ball could be diving through the head pin more and we start leaving more more splits? Or what are what from our bowling side mm-hmm. of things are we going to see? I think it depends on the player and what, um, what their game is like. Um, for me, if I start to get tired too soon, I'll start to get slow and kind of miss it at the bottom a little too much. I won't get the ball out in front of me because my legs aren't staying under me as much. So, um, yeah, if I get tired, that's what happens to me. Some people might try to compensate for that and pick up their feet and then get quick with their feet. So, um, yeah, and and usually the second block breaks down differently than the first. Um, typically, it breaks down more, in my opinion. Um, there are a few patterns that don't break down more, like we saw one of those uh, this past weekend. But um, if it breaks down more and you start to get slow, yeah, your ball's going to probably start to check up more than you want it to if you miss it. Hey, Heather, tell me a little bit, So, I, and I touched on it before, the the BullFit program itself. And I know you have a website, BullFit.com, that people can go to and kind of check and learn a little bit more about it. It looks like it also involves not only just the physical fitness, but even nutrition a little bit in there. Why don't you talk just a little bit about the program, yeah. what it is, and why you started it? Um, so I started it about two and a half years ago now um, because I just didn't see anything out there for the bowling community. Um, I really want people to be more aware and conscious of how important it is to um, stay in good shape for bowling and to kind of treat themselves more like an athlete and take a program seriously. Um, And a lot of times people would try to get in shape, but they would just dive into any program that their friends were doing, whether it's, you know, there's P90X and Stanley, there's all these at-home videos now, but there's nothing that specifically takes into consideration what you're doing on the lanes repetitively and, has exercises in there to prevent injuries because of that. Um, So I started creating programs. Um, What I do now is I basically do customized programs because every bowler is so different and has a different training level or training experience. Some people may have done other sports and have experience in the gym and others may have nothing um, experience-wise in the gym. So I don't want to put too many programs out there that are cookie cutter, so to speak, and expect everyone to be able to do it at that level. Um, So I have people, you know, come to me, email me, fill out a questionnaire about their history, um, any injuries that they've had that I need to take into consideration. And I also have them send me videos now, um, like here, perform a squat or perform this exercise so I can see what it looks like and I can see if you have any dysfunctions going on. So that way, without me being there, I already know some certain things that you need to be working on so you don't get injured. Um, So everything's very customized and individualized. Heather, I know one of the things that's a big key is what we do in the gym, but then also how we fuel our body. Talk about how that was a challenge. I know we chatted briefly in Sacramento, and you had just said, gosh, I've been out here, and it's like it's so hard to get good meals and eat healthy, aside from which is going to help you during the competition. So talk about how nutrition plays a huge role in this and while you're bowling and before and after you're bowling as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. If you, you're bowling for so long and you don't know how long of a break you're going to get at lunchtime, um, they've tried to make the lunch break longer for us, but 
last year there were a couple times that you barely had an hour to eat something. So you really have to be prepared and make sure you eat a good breakfast so that you don't feel starving at the end of that first block. Um, and then your, you know, your hunger starts to take over and you're thinking about that so much. Um, and then bringing snacks too. So that doesn't happen. I've a couple of the girls last year, we were talking about all these different snacks. What are some healthy options we can have? And now we've all kind of figured out some good ones. And I went to the first stop and Liz Johnson was like, Heather, I have something for you. And she brought me some of my favorite protein bars. They're called RX bars. And then Maria Rodriguez, a little while later, was like, Heather, I have something for you. And she gave me some chia bars from a whole food store. So it's funny because now you see more and more of the women bringing all these healthy snacks with them so that they don't get hungry by the end of the block and they can keep their energy level up. Um, And that also helps with when you get done, you tend to not overeat as much when you've been snacking throughout your bowling block. So um, they try to give us some meals at the bowling alleys, which is great. Um, you just kind of have to pick and choose what's going to be healthiest for you and not make you feel awful after you eat it. Hey, just to deviate a little bit from the fitness side of this here, if we kind of look at, you know, go back to your, you know, as far as your collegiate bowling experience and you were, um, you had a great year, one of the years there you were on the honorable mention for collegiate bowler of the year. We have a lot of younger players who listen to this podcast and um, are trying to figure out what's, the right program for them? Like where should they look at when they're trying to consider a school to go to, uh, you know, for, uh, for their collegiate career? What, what kind of advice would you have for them? Um, definitely look at academics first because, um, granted, we do have an awesome women's bowling tour that is back. It is very hard to make a living off of bowling, so you still want to have, as much as we all love bowling, always have that backup plan of something else that you can do, a job that will bring in some steady income, help you pay off bills when you're out of school. So look at, you know, what you want to do as a career first and find schools with your major. Um, And then I think you have to decide if you want to go to one of those powerhouse schools that have been around for a long time and have um, a great program, you know they have a great program, or do you want to be a big fish in a little pond at a new school that is just building a program uh, um, and looking for some key players to kind of help build that program. And when I went to school, I decided to go with a school that was still building a program. And it was really cool to be a part of that experience, to see the program grow over the years that I was there and to see how much it's had success after as well. Um, So you have to decide which is best for you. Um, it's different for everybody. How much you want to improve your game or do you plan on working with a coach at home? Um, you know, because coaching experience is going to be very, very important as well. Um, and then location. How far away do you want to be away from home? For me, it didn't bother me at all, but some people want to stay a little bit closer to home. So taking those three things into consideration, what's the best fit for you? Yeah, Heather, what uh, what have you been able to take from your bowling uh, collegiately? What have you been able to take and how have you been able to apply that to your game right now on the PWBA Tour? It definitely plays into the mental game the most. You know, like it, when you're in college, they tell you, pick your spares, pick your spares. Your coach is always yelling at you if you're not picking your spares. And um, now I know why, because you really do have to be grinding out those games and picking out those spares in these tournaments or you're not going to make the cut. Um, I know these last two tournaments, for me, it definitely came down to spares. I could have made the cut easily if I had picked 
three or four more spares, and I left a lot of pins out there. So um, college bowling will will ingrain that in your brain <laughs> very much. And then just that um, the competitive feeling, you know, when you step up when you have to have a strike um, to make the cut or to shoot a good game, you know, those little nerves that you get when you have that situation, um, you're put in those situations a lot more in college bowling, and that, I think, is going to prepare you for this elite level on tour. Yeah, that's a good point. There was I know Bill Taylor, one of the he was one of the pioneers in our sport, and he always used to preach, you know, the importance of sound fundamentals because as soon as you're in that situation, you know, where there is that added pressure, like you need to strike for your team to win, um, if you don't have solid mm-hmm. fundamentals, it's going to be so much harder to throw a good shot in a pressure situation where maybe you can otherwise. So the pressure, you know, in his opinion, always really exposed any kind of flaws you might have. Definitely. It's something you can't practice unless you're in the situation. Well, great stuff, Heather. You know, it was fun catching up with you. You got, got to help people, and I know um, you're also... One other thing quickly want to hit on with uh, Bowling This Month, the online uh, magazine that Bill Semstrad and everyone do. You're part of a roundtable there where you guys are it's sitting around and chatting, and they're publishing these. So talk about that and how fun that is to sit down with the other ladies out on the PWBA tour and share your perspectives. Oh, it's been really fun so far. Um, yeah, basically, we take a few questions to ask ladies each month, and then we choose... Um, two or three ladies to interview and ask those questions to. And it's really cool to see uh, the similarities, I think, between um, player to player from the veteran players that we asked to some of the rookie players that we have talked to so far. We try to keep a pretty good variety of it, too, so you get to know the players a little bit that are out on tour and they can share their experiences with you and give you some advice um, from them having to go through it themselves. It's been really cool to talk and get to know the ladies a little bit better. Again, yeah, thanks for your time. Loved having you on and uh, want to wish you all the best and look forward to catching up with you real soon. Oh, thank you very much for having me.